Thank you for joining us for this Vive Church podcast. We have something special coming up this summer that we want to invite you to. Our very first Vive conference, There is a Hope, on August 25th and 26th in San Francisco. For more information on how to register, visit viveconference.com. Now, we know this podcast is going to speak directly to you, so we hope you enjoy it. Father's Day. Getting a little, <clears throat> a little warmed up. Okay, okay. You know, uh, you see this guy down here, Jacob. He'll give you a special deal if you see him for Presence Conference next year. So got to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jacob. And um, Barish and Liv, where are you? Are you here? There you are. And Barish is up the back. Graduates from our college in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you about to get married? Yeah. Four weeks' time. You've been behaving yourself? Yeah. You're an embarrassing question in public, isn't it? <laughs> I have that gift, though. It's, a, it's sort of like a gift God gave me to embarrass people. <laughs> Stay vertical. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> what? What? I'm Australian. I can get away with this sort of thing. Amen. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to I talk about fatherhood here today. And I got I to tell you, this would be one of the deepest passions I have as a pastor. Now, normally when I'm a traveling, traveling preacher, I'll preach a message just like I was doing there. Like faith and be fearless and overcome, these sort of things. This is a pastoral message that I want to share. This is how I, this is how I talk in my church. Okay, and it's, so it's like a, a, a tad stronger. It's a tad tougher. All right, because I, I, when I go away, I, I don't want to, you know, tread on people's sensitivities and that, but I don't care in my own church, you know. I, I want to, if I'm getting on your toes, keep your feet out. I'm, it's good for you, amen. And, uh, and, 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 and don't get all sensitive and offended uh, because that's what mature people they do, and and I've I've I'm forty you know forty seven years married, and uh, I I I know what you're thinking. I thought he was going to say he's forty seven years old. No, I'm sixty five years old. I've been forty seven years married, and I know I know I know. How can he look that? He doesn't look that. Long. I know I know you're thinking that. It just costs a lot of money to look this good. That's uh, I mean. You got to mortgage your house. You got to do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, all right. So I've raised three kids, and raising children is scary. I've got, I've got grandchildren now, you know. And and so, if if I'd known how good it was going to be, I would have just skipped having children and go straight to the grandchildren. But uh, but uh, that's that's like okay. So having the kid, children, my lord, being a father. Three times over, I, I've discovered that all children are very different, yeah. right? Our first child, who's now 44, married with two children, uh, Rebecca, her response to denial, like, can I have an ice cream, was tantrum. So I, you say, can I have an ice cream? No. She goes, like, that, that sort of thing. The next kid, uh, Daniel, he wasn't the tantrum, he was the sulker. So, you know, can I have an ice cream? No. Like, just so, loop out. <laughs> you know, like that. So, 
That's, that's, that's Joseph. The third one comes along, Joseph. His, his, his scary, super frightening. He got, I go, uh, can I, he goes, can I have an ice cream? I said, no. He says, tomorrow? He's a negotiator. What do you do with a kid like that? He's four years old. And they're, they're like, not, not all emo. They're, they're just like, got it together. Clear head thinking. Shut up, kid. Get out of here. You don't get an ice cream tomorrow either, you know. Who's mature now? <laughs> now we start, we had kids when we were pretty young. I was 19 when I got married and Chris was 18. So we, when we had kids, we kind of all grew up together. And uh, I'm still trying, but you know, the, the, at least they all did. And, uh, <clears throat> but <clears throat> I've... I found that uh, fatherhood was something I was completely unprepared for because my own home life was a, a disaster. It was a mess. And, and so my mum my, my died when I was five. My dad remarried uh, under really guilty, terrible circumstances, which I'll, I won't go into. But in, because of so much guilt in their relationship, they, they never had a kind word. They were just yelling and screaming. A lot of drunkenness and uh, crazy living. So I couldn't swallow food at the table, you know, and there was no interest in me. I was in a band. I had art exhibitions when I was 15 and nobody from my family came and saw it or anything. So I was like, I didn't exist. And uh, so I just left. And so there's this big hole in my image of parenting. But, you know, I... I, on, on several counts, I have needed to say, this stops here and draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to let that come into here. I'm going to start a new generation, a new legacy for my descendants from this day forward. My kids are going to learn a different way of life. And it takes, it takes a lot more than just doing that metaphoric line in the sand and thinking that because there comes a, a thousand and one different situations that are calling for you to have something that you've never got. You never learned it. You never saw it. And, and so I feel completely inadequate as, as a father. But over the years, I've somehow managed to collect and collate a number of bits and pieces to be that person. And all my kids are in church, worshiping God, serving the Lord. But that hasn't always been the case. It took 30 years for one of them to come from being a crazy drunk drugger to, to where they are now, serving God. That's, and, and so being a father through all those times, when you're in church with a broken heart, worshiping God, feel like you want to accuse him of not keeping promises and letting you down. And you're the preacher, for goodness sake. You know, it's like the, these, these are moments where we, we find ourselves in difficulty. But here's, here's the, the bottom line that I feel for fathers today is because I know what I have had to face and travel through, I want to know there are moments in my life when that is somehow recognised and appreciated. And I've found we're in a society that doesn't do that. I feel sometimes a bit like a Vietnam soldier coming home and being despised. 
and I was out there fighting for my country and now I'm just gonna be not given the benefits, I'm gonna be left on the streets and because there's this anti-male feeling in society as though there's a male problem. And so fathers and men are feeling discouraged. There'll be 3,000 suicides in Australia this year. 2,500 of them will be men. And, and we're, men are, men are in, in trouble. They got trouble. We have men's conferences and I wanna strengthen men, but even more, I wanna strengthen marriages. And I wanna strengthen families. The best thing you can do fathers for your children is to love your wife. The best thing that you can do for your family is to have a strong marriage. And so I am intent on strengthening marriages because, because mostly when kids, uh, when, a, when a family falls, to, falls apart, the kids are with the mother. 90 to 95% of the time. But, but that <clears throat> creates a whole new world of problems. When a young man it goes to children's church out here, most of the teachers are gonna be women. Uh, when he goes to primary school, most of the teachers are gonna be women. I run a school with 1,200 kids in it. It's hard to get male teachers because they are so vulnerable at being accused of any kind of little, little uh, misunderstood action. Uh, they are they're nervous. So all the way through high school sometimes, it's, it's a feminine influence on a young man. And then he goes home to a broken family and there's a feminine influence there. And, and so it is no wonder that we get a gender confusion problem coming into our world. So I'm just, I'm just here talking about stuff today, okay? You're in church and we need to talk about stuff. We need to come into the light and, and no wonder, that he's never known anything else. I'm not saying that's the entire reason, but this is one of the reasons why we need to have strong men in church life because they can come into church and find there are men. Real men, no wimpy men, no weak men, men, strong gentlemen, men who know how to live life and be courteous and be honouring and follow a pastor like Adam and see what a man can do. I know that helped me. When I came into the church, I saw a man and, and I was, was in a weird hippie zone before that. Everybody was equal. We're all kind of, you know, kind of weirdos. Any kind of sex was all kind of, it was all cool. And then I saw a man. And it inspired me. And I thought, that's what I am. I saw a clear vision. It wasn't in a textbook. It was a person modelling what a man is, what a father is. And, and so I thought I could see what I needed to do. And I started to actually imitate some of the, the ways and manners of a man. Now listen to me. This is such an important message. We, we, we cannot underestimate how important Father's Day is. And yet it, it, I can hold Mother's Day, my, the church will be packed out time and time again. Father's Day, mm, not so much. And, and, and we, need to, we need to be able to say, Dads, you're welcome. We salute you. You've been out there in the war, working hard all day. All these movies I see where the dad didn't turn up for the kids' dance. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and the kid's on the stage with my daddy, you know, because he's never there and he breaks promises. And it's like, yeah, all these dads are just hopeless, you know. Every man's a bee, you know. Like, and you, it's this wiping out. Listen, we have got to elevate and strengthen our men. 
they're in trouble. We gotta say, guys, you're doing okay. I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of every father in this room who has stayed. We live in an age of serious temptation to get out, to leave. There's always some pole dancer down there, some, some avcat on the, on, the, on the bar, you know, there's, there's porn on the internet. There's temptation every which way. There's the secretary, there's the partner, there's the, 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 the online dater. There's, there's all of this stuff trying to pull you out of that and destroy that family. And so I'm saluting you today because you stayed. You said, I'm gonna hang in here. I'm gonna make it work. I don't feel like it all the time. I just feel like I wanna get out of here because I don't like the nagging. I don't like the kids screaming. I don't like the pressure of bringing home the money, but you stayed, you fought the war and you're a hero. Here today, we salute you fathers in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I wanna be a different voice in this world. Because I love men, I respect them, and I realise how hard it is because guess what? I'm one too. I'm made of the same flesh you guys are. I want to do stuff and I don't want to do stuff the same like you do. And sometimes we don't do the right thing. Sometimes we've messed up. But that doesn't mean the war's over. You can get up again. You can get up again. Come on, you can get up again. You can make it. Give him a second chance, sister. Give him a second chance. Say, come on, I'm I'm not gonna shut the door on you for eternity. There's gotta be some grace in our lives. I got no stones to throw, people. My kids took all my stones out of my hand. (laughs) I I can't judge a single soul on this earth because I have failed in way more ways than than one. And, and, And I know... And some of my failings have been not designed as a failing. I feel like a criminal sometimes as a father. Because, let me tell you why. Because there are huge gaps in my kids' lives when I wasn't there. Guess why? Because I was here. While I'm doing this, I'm here, I'm not there. And that's been 47 years. And in those gaps... I've come home and my kids hardly know. And I go, I can't, I'm sorry, kids. Uh, that's somebody ringing me. <laughs> I thought I turned that off. <laughs> you know, here's, here, I, here I am going home with my, 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 my little girl, like, and kids, boys are teenagers. And I'm, I'm picking up a drunk kid out of the bottom of a telephone box. Right. Just rung me and said, Dad, I'm, you know. And it breaks your heart. You're thinking, hey, how am I going to deal with this? You know, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm... We used to take people into our house trying to help them. Criminals, kids who lost, social misfits, drug, drug takers. And here are my, my kids. And one night, one of these guys who was a little stealing criminal that we took on board trying to help him he decides he's going to influence my son. And so he says, come on, let's go rob the school down there. And so they jump in through a window, the alarms go off and the police are there. Next thing I'm looking at my son through bars. You know, it's, it's like you, think, you feel like, well, who am I as a father here? I've got to do better. 
And it's a constant commitment. And like I say, happily, this last week to see my boys and stand in church, worshiping God, loving Jesus is, is a miracle, a complete and utter miracle. Now, here's the thing. A lot of those gaps in kids' lives have become their justifier for their dysfunction. It's not what happens to us that is important because we can't control what happens to us. It's how we respond to what happens to us. You can't blame what happened to you as being the reason why you are like you are and justify misbehaviour. So I talk to people all the time. I say, hey man, you need to, you know, get a little happier and joyful. You're, you're, not, you're not much fun to be around. Well, you don't have a wife who's had cancer for five years. And I, I get, man, you, you're telling me that your miserable attitude is justifiable because you've got the situation at home. And you're a Christian and you clap in church and worship and say, yeah, I got the victory, but this is what having the victory is. Living in joy when your situation is miserable. Don't let the songs fool you. You got to live this life in real life. This isn't just a bubble in the week where you get happy and then live the rest of your life without applying any of it. You go home and you make it work. You say, I'm going to live above my circumstances. Even when my prayers are not answered, I'm going to have the faith that actually lives above an unanswered prayer, an unresolved circumstance. I'm going to be tougher and stronger. So why do we have a generation of people who, who do find themselves struggling emotionally and struggling? Like I said before, we cannot afford to underestimate the, the importance of you dads. And I know this is aimed primarily at dads. And some of you aren't dads. You, 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 you're not married. You're, you're teenagers or whatever. But let me say this to you. This is cutting both ways because I can help my dad be a better dad. As a kid. Because the Bible says, honour your parents. And for some people, that's a slap in the face because dad didn't honour them when they're a kid. I've dealt with many, many child abuse situations. And people will justify complete dysfunction with, with that. Look, I, I, I know the wound is so deep. It is such a, such a heavy, heavy, deep wound. But there's only one way through it, and that's forgiveness. You've got to let it go. You've got to say, I forgive you. It may seem unfair because you're the victim, but that's how Jesus has told us to live. Whenever you're the victim, hanging on a cross unjustly accused, three illegal trials, rejected by your own people. Forgive them. I let it go. It's a challenge to do this stuff, but this is called living in victory. This is called navigating life successfully. And there is the Jesus way is the way, the truth and the life. It's the way. It's the way to life. So let me come back to the, the, the huge importance of fatherhood fatherlessness and fatherhood, the need for us to live with a sense of a father in our lives. And if we cannot find it in our own social network that we live in, in the house of God, there are men who can be fathers. And I would say to the men in here, 
there should be someone that you're mentoring or looking after in some way or even just talking to or even just sitting with every now and then who never had that father. I, at a men's conference a while back, about a thousand men, I said, look, because uh, I was talking about the father's hug. I said, how many, if any of you guys never had any real attention from your dad and felt like there was not a lot of love there and you got father issues and he never hugged you, come down the front, I'll give you a hug. And I had, I thought 10, 20 people will come. Like 700 men later, two hours of hugging later. It's a lot of hugging. I I should have said my ministry team will do the hugging. But I promised myself. And so, so the, 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 the need for this is so enormous. It's the last promise in the book of the Old Testament in Malachi. I'm going to come back and turn the hearts of fathers to their children. Not mothers, fathers to their children. Fathers who are disinterested and, and feeling like the highest calling in your life, men, as a father, is to raise those children to invest in them. I know you want to get your IPO off the ground. You want to get this new business going. You want to go to that race or something. You want to see the the tennis open or whatever. I realise these are all important, but there is nothing more important than those boys and those girls that you have in your charge to raise them. Don't be giving it off to the mother and saying, you raise them, I'll go out and do all this. Invest in your children. Turn the TV off. Turn the game off. Those years are going to be gone before you've even noticed that they were there growing up right next to you. And they're years you can never get back. Like I said, I'm talking like a pastor in my own church today, all right? This is how I, this is the kind of church I'm looking for, a church that strengthens families, strengthens men, helps them get along and raises strong families who love each other. We live in a society where this has been obliterated. The attacks on us have been so horrendous. I want to tell you how fathers differ from the raising of children in terms of mothers. I read an article where it said, fathers love more dangerously. So I did a message called Dangerous Love. And this this is the reality. Fathers tickle more. They wrestle and they throw their children in the air. Mothers don't do that. They don't do it. So mothers, this is not, believe me, I'm not trying to elevate men at the expense of women. We love you. Talk to me on Mother's Day. The whole message will make you glow, baby. You know, I'm there for you. However, let me say that the other way around. We don't want to actually, we don't need to uh, establish women's rights and the cause of women at the expense of men either. We don't need to put them down for women to rise. We can raise both of these qualities, but I'm just focusing on the male deal here because that's Father's Day and we got a chance to say it. Fathers chase their children around the home like monsters. <laughs> Women don't do that. Here comes the big monster. <laughs> Teaching them how to handle fear. They love dangerously. 
Uh, fathers who do this are teaching that biting, kicking and other aggressive behaviour is not necessary and unacceptable. Fathers build confidence in their children. You go to any playground and who's pushing the swing higher? You can go higher, kid. <laughs> the mother's going, no, no, God, stop it. Right? The dangerous love. You need to understand. So let me ask you this. Is God a father or a mother? Is He pushing the swing higher than you want it to go? He's not safe. He's not safe. He saves you, but He's not safe. C.S. Lewis says, Aslan's not safe. What? Well, there's so many things you can get offended with here today. Yeah, well, well there. Mothers protect and dads encourage kids to push, to the, lim- push the limits. Men, do not incli- they're not inclined to modify their language with children. I'm not just saying swearing or things like that. I'm saying they tend to not go goo 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 ga ga da 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 They say, hey kid, what are you up to? So they teach them language. They expect them to be more grown up than they are. So they mature their children by relating to them as older than they actually are. Fathers discipline differently. They don't threaten, they just do it. If you do that again, I'm gonna tell your father. I just took my belt off. You know the rules. We don't know how important this is. I'm no psychologist, but I do know that if I'm not caught and punished for something I've done, I will do it myself because the stamp of a conscience is on the inside of me. And I see kids self-harming all the time. All the teaching about self-image, you're a winner even if you lose, it's nonsense. You don't get trophies for turning up. You don't get trophies for turning up. You get trophies for winning. Fathers think like that. But mothers don't, they're nurturing. They come along to church and there's a little girl dancing half like hopeless and can't sing and they go, oh, isn't that cute? Men go, that's stupid. (laughs) What is this, amateur hour? Get something good going on around here. Oh my God, now you got me going. Right? Now I really get going on the feminizing of the church. I've found that women are okay in a manly environment. But men, uh, you won't find me searching the racks at Victoria's Secret. I'll send a woman down there to buy something. I'm not, I'm not messing around in the lingerie department, you know. But I've seen women, they're, they're kind of comfortable in brown seats and leather get around, you know. And these, these are important things because if we make the church look like, I even look at the language that we use in church. I say, don't go up there and say, precious Jesus, I just want to kiss you. Don't say that. That just makes me creep. I'm creeped out by that. So are women. 
I'm not going to say that to Jesus. I tell our church, don't even say hold hands. I hate holding hands with people next to me. I'm not a hand holder. I do that with my wife when I'm walking or something. I'm in trouble. I'm in so much trouble in this service, right? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Men and women are different. They eat differently. They dress differently. They cope with life differently. Girls and boys who grow up with a father are more familiar and secure with the ways of men. I've got, I've got like pages of statistics and of the differences and the desperate need there is for people to be made whole. And part of that wholeness is having an equal influence of a mother and a father in their life. What we've ended up with is a society that thinks sex is the meaning of life. It's been elevated to such a height. It's put so much strain on marriages. Guys, if they're not getting it in, in the marriage, they go out, out of the marriage because they think this is what it's all about and they've got a pretty strong drive in that area. But you've got you to take that thing off the throne. Wow. I've, been to conferences, I, I've been to conferences where guys are saying, oh, you know, it, it should be like three times a week. I'm going, Who, what planet do you live on? I either think that or I think, you need to come and talk to my wife, amen, you know. <laughs> You need to come around to my house. What are you talking about? Like for some guys, it's three times a year. You're going to leave because of that? You're looking for a companion. I'm just trying to make life easier for some of you girls out here today. And for some of you guys to calm it down, you know? It's not what it's all about. It's part of it. She wants you to hold her and hug her without you even thinking there's going to be a grand finale. Some of the unmarried young people, you think it's the the big thing too. No, it's not. Life has to be deeper than some some 35 second feeling. And you guys who claim you go longer, you're just in legend land, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this is it hot in here? Oh, I took my jacket off. Just talking to you. Just doing some pastoring here. Trying to help men be men and not just thinking of themselves as sex machines and women as women and just not as sex objects. Take it off that thing. Have a companion. Have a best friend. Have a worker who does life together with you, that you can hold and know that it's not just for ulterior motives. I want to strengthen your marriage here today, men. I want to strengthen your marriage, ladies. I want to strengthen your family, young unmarried person or whoever, maybe more mature. I want to pray for you right now that the power of the Holy Spirit will do exactly that. Can you stand as I come to a close? Thank you, Jesus, here today for the mighty power of the Holy Spirit, where you've said, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And I believe that Lord, right now, right here in this house, miracles would happen. Miracles in relationships. Lord, we sometimes are so obsessed with getting 
a medical miracle. But a greater miracle would be that one that I'm talking about right here, where hearts are turned. And suddenly my children mean so much to me. Or suddenly my wife means the world to me. Where my husband means the world to me. Where I'm going to do all I can to make it work. Not just when we're looking pretty at church, but where we're in our ugly moments at home, where it's difficult, where it's challenging, when it's hard. I'm going to live by the commitment to make it work. Not waiting for the good feelings to just come and try and make that the motivation for success, but actually making my family my highest success goal and sacrificing other things so that I can achieve that in the name of Jesus. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a story to share about what God has done in your life or what He's currently doing in your life, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at mystory@vivechurch.org. For more information, for service times and locations, or to partner with us financially, visit us at vivechurch.org.